I'm Will, and this is my wife, Dallas. Hi. And this is Not the Beginning, a podcast where a longtime Wheel of Time fan and a Wheel of Time newbie read through each of the 14 books in this long series. Morning. This podcast may not be suitable for younger audiences, and will contain spoilers. If you've not read Robert Jordan's The Shadow Rising, please proceed with caution. There was still time to tell Aram to put the sword back, to go ask Ella's pardon. Time to tell him what? That maybe next time he would not be there to watch his loved ones die? That maybe he could just come back to find their graves? He put a hand on Aram's shoulder, and the man flinched, hunching around the sword as if expecting him to take it. The tinker's scent carried a wash of emotions, fear and hate and bone-deep sadness. Lost, Ella had called him. His eyes looked lost. Wash your face, Aram. Then go find Tam Thor. Say I ask him to teach you the sword. On this episode of Not the Beginning, we will dive in and discuss chapters 45 through 48 of The Shadow Rising. Note, I have not read past chapter 48, and Will is going to do his best not to bring in anything from the rest of The Shadow Rising or the next 10 books during our discussion. So as long as you've read through chapter 48, you should be good. If you haven't, I recommend pausing here and going to read. Chapter Summaries from Dragonmount.com after a devastating Trolloc attack, Rain and the surviving Tuatha'an take refuge in Emmons Field. The villagers begin deferring to Perrin's judgment. The Tinker Aram takes up the sword, fulfilling another of Min's viewings. White Cloaks appear and demand Perrin give himself up. Despite the mayor's protests, Perrin invites the White Cloaks inside the pickets for their protection. Aginan, realizing Florin Gelb is about to kidnap the wrong woman again, intervenes. In Manx, Nynaeve and Elaine invite her to their inn for a chat. Julian and Tom bring back interesting tidbits. Elaine and Nynaeve are compelled and interrogated by a strange woman who causes them to forget the interview. Swan Sanche is deposed in a barely legal meeting of the sitters, then stilled and put to the question by Elida. Min frees Swan and Lyanna with some help from Laris, the head cook. Despite his better judgment, Gawain lets the trio out of the city. They meet Loghain on the way out. Swan promises him a chance for the revenge. Rand endures Abienda's lectures on Aiel customs. The Gleeman Natale tries to wheedle information out of Rand, while the peddler Kadir hints that he has information to sell. They arrive at Cold Rock's Hold. All right, it's another middle section. This yep. book has a lot of middle section. But it's all better than middle section in the previous three books. Yeah, there's stuff that's happening in all of them, although I feel like this one was the least... But also, some of the most impactful stuff in the book, maybe in the series, happens here. Really? Well, Swan gets deposed. That's true. Up That's until, big. That is big. It, it, up until then, though, I was like, there is nothing happening here. <laughs> true. Some Trollocs were fought. Aginan stops Thorn Gelb from fucking up again. Although, Luke is untrustworthy. Yeah. White Cloaks are mean and assholes. Yeah, and not a ton happens until Swan is deposed, and it's a roller coaster for about 30 pages. And then, all of a sudden, we get absolutely nothing from Rand. Yep. I feel like that chapter should not have been part of this section. I feel <laughs> like that was another time we were like, mm, this is not a good chapter break. It would have been great right after. It would have. Like, that would have been a great moment to end this section. Cliffhanger on them meeting Logan. Yeah. And then we get a chapter of... Absolute nothing uh, from yeah, Rand. Really, just not much other than Avienda needling him. It is like literally nothing plot happens. No. Until the last sentence. Like, yeah. I did not need that chapter at all. No. It is. Because they could have just put the five lines of Avienda needling Rand that I enjoyed in another chapter. <laughs> I did not need that chapter whatsoever. Yeah. 
It is. It's weird because that chapter. We'll talk about that chapter. It's at the end and is relatively no inconsequential to the rest of this yeah. uh, section. That chapter was weird because it was character development for a bunch of unimportant characters. It's like we were getting character development about Kadir, the his wife, who I don't, I can't remember her name. No, I should remember her name, but I just can't. It's not coming to me right now. Isendra and Isendra and Natal. Who are just kind of these peddlers in a caravan in the waste. And I do not give any shits about them. <laughs> I don't care. No. And I think the problem, I th- I don't know if it was just simply because I went from, holy shit, Swan just got stilled, to who the fuck gives a shit about Kadir? <laughs> Kadir being like weirdly shady, trying to sell some secrets. And I honestly don't care. I really don't <laughs> care. whatsoever it was just a bad placement for that chapter you can't just follow up swan gets stilled with here's this random peddler who has secrets to sell no one gives a shit swan just got stilled yup yeah it's interesting yeah and it ends it even ends with them getting to cold rock's hold like why did that why couldn't that happen in cold rock's hold Right, like I get, like we did not need another chapter of passing time while traveling. No, you could just do it. You could just do a twelve day time skip. I'm good with that. You skipped four months and you write an entire <laughs> chapter about twelve days. Yep, we didn't even get. Rand goes off to train with Lan and Ruark, and we didn't even get, like, a fun little training bit. Just no. it happened. No, it was just a mention that there was Sword Dad and Spear Daddy training. Also, yep. Spear Daddy is training Sword Dad, and I love it. <laughs> yep. I want that. But yeah. no, we get no. 30 pages of Kadir having secrets, and I do not. <laughs> I cannot express enough it, how <laughs> much I do not care. It's Kadir having secrets and... Matt flirting with Isendra and... And again, the, the the four bits that I care about in this section are five lines. Yeah. Each. Yep. Avienda giving Rand shit. Yep. Matt flirting with Isendra, sword dad training, and getting to Cold Rock's hold. Yep. And all of that together could have been a paragraph. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd like the... The section's well written. It's just, why is it here? Again, you skip four months and you write twenty-five pages on twelve days. Yep. I did not. I did not need that. No. There has not been. There has actually not really been an entire chapter for a, a couple of books now that I'm like, you can cut the entire thing. <laughs> I haven't actually had this moment since Eye of the World. No, this chapter. If I ripped it out of the book, it would not be missed. Yeah. <laughs> I there. Did. I, okay, I will say, having read the series, there are a couple of bits in this section that are small pieces. I'll give you that. They're small pieces of a much larger picture. Okay, throw those lines in with some plot. I don't know that they would make sense in Cold Rock's Hold, because now that Rand is there, he's got, like, big Aiel Ka'akarn things to do. I'm just saying, you didn't need an entire chapter. No. You could have done a paragraph. No. Like, did I like the reference to Sword Dad and Spear Daddy training? Yes, always. But did I need it? No. There's also Natale being, like, weird. He wants to compose some epic about Rand, and Rand's just not giving him any information. And apparently Natale wants it to be, like, way more 
sad and dramatic than it is. And he's just like, he is asking Rand, like, this This is actually one of my other favorite parts of this chapter. It's the, like, how are you feeling about being the dragon? And Rand's like, how am I feeling? Tired. Yep. <laughs> and the tail's just like, that's not a heroic emotion. I'm going to walk away now. And he, he fucks off to play for the Shido. It's just like a real big, I'm going to leave now. It's just so funny. Rand's like, how am I feeling? Tired. Tired is how I'm feeling. Because yeah, he's got Avienda following him, following him around. He's got all this stress about being the dragon and he can channel. And, and Rand just needs a good nap. <laughs> he just wants a nap. <laughs> like, there, I did like the stuff with him and Avienda. Because he did have that great line. It was like, sometimes it's actually nice talking to her when she forgets that she hates me for a couple of minutes. Yep. But then it comes back roaring. It and does. I don't know what I did. And, like... I just, it's so funny to me, the Avienda stuff, because if I'm right in thinking that she might be Rand's third woman, Mm -hmm. because, like, who else have they introduced at this point? And again, it would make sense if one of his three women was an Aeel, and they simply just haven't introduced another Aeel that makes sense yet. True. But if I am right about that, her constantly needling him about looking at other women besides Elaine is so much funnier. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And like it's Cause like that's an that is like a good seventy percent of their interactions is like he like could be staring off in the distance and if a woman walks into his line of sight she's like how dare you do that to Elaine yeah. <laughs> it's just like if I'm right about you being his third woman are you gonna scold yourself like what's happening <laughs> who knows I mean they could be Polly I mean yeah but like Elaine can have a little buy as a treat and that was our episode from last yeah episode. Episode title from last episode. Yes. yes. there we go. Those are the words that I meant to put together in a sentence. Yeah. Maybe maybe they'll just be a thruple and then min. A thruple and then min. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Poor min. I did just touching on the one bit from min that is not related to the tower breaking. There is this great little bit right at the beginning before she realizes shit is going down where she's like carrying fabric to go get another dress and then she's like thinking about Rand and she's like how dare he think make me think girly thoughts I'll show him (laughs) it's just like get it together man yeah get your shit together she's like I don't want to wear this dress but I guess if Rand's looking no (laughs) and she like goes on a very small tangent about how if Rand was looking she'd make a deeper cut (laughs) Like, okay, man. Sure. But then she scolds herself for even thinking. She's like, no, I wear breeches. This yep. is what I do. Yep. It's just a whole mood. It is. Min is, in, Min is, in general, a whole mood. She's just dealing with the, like, compulsory femininity. Yeah. Like, the internal battle of, like, and yeah, compulsory femininity that is Min. And I appreciate it. Yeah. As she, I mean, she is. She's kind of our non-binary liege. Just not... A little bit. Like, I would have been okay if they made men non-binary in the series. Yeah, I think so. That would have been an okay Because she has she-they energy. She does. She definitely does. She is definitely in the center of compulsory femininity because she's on Vagina Island. And is being forced to be Elmindrida right now. Yes. Which, you know, ultimately doesn't work. No, because... Elida recognizes her. And that's kind of how the whole swan getting deposed starts. Basically, Elida was like, hey, look, that's Min. Hmm. What is happening? And then she jumps to some crazy conclusions real fast because it's Elida. Like, 
Is Let's it, talk about Perrin first, though. We okay. can end on all... Because that's, like, the the tower breaking is the biggest... It is. ...section, so let's go from, like, least important to most important. Yes. Rand is actually the least <laughs> important The least here. important. The only bit of information you need out of that chapter is they get to Cold Rock's Hold, and you could have just handled that by at the beginning of the yep. chapter that says Cold Rock's Hold, because you're like, oh, we're here we, now. Yeah, they get to Cold Rock's Hold, and also the waste is Australia. Everything can kill you. Yeah, I it would be easier to list the things that don't kill you than the things that do kill you. It does. It did remind me of Australia. It's like, yeah. oh, I see this thing. I'm going to stab it, it and then I'm going to fling it off. Just don't step on it. it yeah, because I can totally see it. Australia, the landmass that exists, it's the land of madmen. Although I think it actually sort of got renamed recently. I say it sort of got renamed recently because they, uh, the Wheel of Time Companion, or like the origin, no, not the Wheel of Time Companion, it's the origins of the Wheel of Time came out, and the author looked through a bunch of notes and had notes on the Land of Mad Men and had a different name. I just mm. don't remember what it was because I haven't read the book because it's not out, I don't think. The Wheel of Time Companion exists and is out. It, it exists and it is out. I also haven't read that. I probably should get that at some point. Well, Christmas is coming is. up, so... Put don't a pin buy in it for don't myself. Don't buy it for yourself. Stop. <laughs> you are... <laughs> I have not said this yet, but you are now on an embargo of you are not uh, allowed to buy yourself presents until at the end of December. I am awful to buy presents for. You are. I just... I see a thing. I get the thing if I want it. But I also don't want things, which is doubly which is, hard. Which is why, because like, you don't normally want things. And then when you do want a thing, you just get it. And it's so annoying. What I want is a nice nap. You are Rand. You would like a nice <laughs> nap. Please and thank you. I just want to go and nap with my sheep. You know who else needs a nap but does not want a nap? Perrin. Perrin? Perrin needs a nap. Aram? Any number of people in the two rivers right now? But Perrin needs a nap and he Perrin refuses to nap. nap. Yes. He, at some point, Fahil's going to make a nap. Yes. That's good. Honestly, I think... Because that's the relationship. I think what needs to happen is she just needs to... Fuck him until he goes to sleep. Yes. Well, they in general need to fuck because I don't think they have yet. Have they not? I don't think so. They ne- Perrin needs to get laid. Perrin needs to get laid real bad. And she needs to get him laid real good so that he passes out for a good solid yep. night. I think and I don't think he'd even be mad about it. She needs it too. Yeah. They need to get some. She, she has, when he got injured, modulated a great amount. Mm-hmm. But it is simmering under the surface. Yeah. They need to have a good fuck. Yeah. And then they both need to nap. Yep. And I don't think Perrin would even mind if it's like, all right, I, I fucked you into a nap. He'd be like, yeah, yeah. all right. Yeah. I did need a nap. Mm-hmm. It'd be like the combo of like, I just got fucked. And then yeah. I'm also now mm-hmm. no longer tired. That's not going to work as well on the show. This Perrin might be a virgin. Oh, 1000%. <laughs> so Fael I mean, probably is not. Fael probably is not. But, this mean, parent definitely is. Parent in the show definitely is not. I still think... It's going to come off differently. I think the parent and Fayol relationship will be much better in the show because the initial parent pushing her away because he feels he's unsafe will make a lot more sense when he killed his wife. Yes, I guess. I still don't agree with the trauma porn. I don't agree either. It would have been just as, just as effective if he had killed... Master Luan, although it would have been devastating for other reasons, because Master Luan's in this section. Yeah, he is. And unimportantly, but he's in this section. There is a great moment. He like is he comes 
to Perrin for help. And he's like, I need your help. I'm getting too many requests for, like, repairing armor. And Perrin's like, I have not blacksmithed in a while. First of all, lie. You blacksmith like, last book. He, he hasn't done it with any... He is out of practice. He says he's out of practice, da-da-da. And Master Luan's like, I'm not asking you to help. Like, I've got another apprentice I've got now. another apprentice. No, I need you to, like, tell people to go away. And Perrin's like, damn it. I kind of was like... Why weren't you asking me to help? Yeah, Perrin has this whole section where he's just going around from person to person in the two rivers, checking on everything. Like he's a like he's a general, basically. Yeah. General or a lord. And And he's not no, he's not even walking around trying to he's not even walking around to see if people need help. He wants to go after Loyal and Gaul. Yeah. Except He's tavirining himself, and people keep coming up to him with problems, yep. preventing him from going after and Loyal. The, the really and it's funny so thing funny to me is that all of these people who come up to him with problems, he just asks them what they would do, and then he's like, "Okay, we'll do that." He's like, even fucking Tam does it. What the hell uh, is happening? And it's like, oh, sweet baby Perrin, what's happening is Tavirin. Yeah, they're all coming up to you because the the pattern needs you to not be after Loyal. Right, and. As a project manager, let me tell you, I understand this on a whole new fucking level where I spend a solid 75% of my day being like, okay, how do you think this should best be handled? My developer will tell me how he thinks it can best be handled. And I'm like, okay, well, that sounds like a plan. Yeah. That's most of my day. Yeah. The other 75% of my day, I'm aware that adds up to 150%. I work a lot. You do. Is. You work 150%. I do. You work 70 hours a week. <sighs> the other 75% of my day is me trying to manage uh, not enough resources with too much work, which I also understand because that's what parents trying to do. Because there's way too many people in the two rivers right now. Yeah. So There's everyone from all of the farms and now the white cloaks. Yeah. We opened this section with them getting the tinkers, too. Yes. Because they at the end of last section, they there was screams that there were more Trollocs. And then we opened this section with, you dumb fuckers, those are Tinkers, they, not Trollocs. Stop just, shooting arrows at them. They just fucked up some Tinkers. And the Tinkers, they didn't even run away. They ran towards them. Yeah. Which is like, goddamn Tinkers. Like, I know that I mean, you follow the way they, of the leaf. I don't think damn. they actually hurt any of the Tinkers. The Tinkers were attacked by Trollocs and they were headed the, the towards Tinkers them. The Tinkers were attacked by Trollocs. But I thought they shot at them. They did shoot at them. I don't think they... I thought they... some of them got hurt. Oh, I don't know. I didn't think that they did. Anyway, Tinkers are there. They're in real bad shape. And Perrin's, like, upset because he's like, I should have just forced them to come with me. And it's like, that would not have worked. No. It works now because they have literally no other choice. Because they were like, we would have been okay, but the White Cloaks killed our... Like, the dogs might have protected us, but the White Cloaks killed our dogs. And... Right. Everyone's finally just like come, come here and fight. Like wraps yeah. her arm around Illa and is like, come on. Yep. Just like Fayil being like a good like yeah general's wife. Yeah. No, they're not married yet, but you know. <laughs> um. Yeah. The two rivers people are reluctant at the beginning, and we get the. It's amusing and it's also super frustrating where some of the two rivers people are like, yeah, we shouldn't let them in, and others agree. And then Perrin's like, fuck you, no, we're going to help them. And then the, uh, that other second group is like, yeah, we should help them. What the fuck are you doing, first group of people? It's also super annoying just going into the stuff with Arum later 
the Two Rivers people, even the ones that are like, we should help them, they are clearly disapproving of the Tinker's philosophy. So when Perrin later is like, yeah, if Aram wants to take up a sword, let him take up a sword, and everyone's pissed at him, what the fuck? You were just shitting on the two on the Tinker's way of life, and now you're mad at Perrin for being like, do what you want? No. There are a few things with that. I don't think it's necessarily that the... Two Rivers folk are disapproving of the way of the leaf. I just don't think they understand the way of the leaf at all. That makes it even more like, why are you so upset that the parent is telling him that it's okay to dis- disagree with the way of the leaf? If you don't understand it... I, I, so the, the Two Rivers people have all of these like superstitions or prejudices against the, the tankers. They're going to you know steal stuff. They're going to steal your children. That's why, that they're, that's why they're disapproving of them. With Aram, Aram's pretty. <laughs> and again, if he takes up the sword, he doesn't get to hang out with the Tinkers anymore True. and he gets to stay. So I just don't understand it from any level. Yeah. I, I will say this is... I get is... it from like, if it was more like, oh, I'm sad. If it was more like Fael's reaction to Perrin with the him telling Aram, yes, I will help you with the sword in a way that I will tell you who to go right. to and you can stay here with us. Like, we will welcome you in now that... Yeah. Fael is upset for Perrin because she sees Perrin, the look on Perrin's face when he's like, Aram just wanted to be able to protect his family. Right. I wasn't able to protect my family. Yeah. Fael sees this look on Perrin's face and is doesn't want him hurting. Yeah. If... Matt's, if here. Matt's sisters were like, oh, Aram's hurting and I don't want him to be hurting and they were just sad for him, totally fine. Yeah. Totally fine. The no, they're mad at Perrin and I don't... Give Perrin a break. Yes. The context here is that in the Trolloc attack on the Tinkers, Aram's mother was killed. Aram's mother was alive. She's dead in the show. I was confused because I that I was like, I thought she was already dead. This is a very delayed reaction, which, I mean, you, grief can have a very delayed reaction, so I get yeah. it. But, like, okay, so she's in the dead. books, she's alive. Yeah, she's killed in that attack. Okay. Um, so they just moved that attack forward in the show, I guess. She wasn't killed by Trollocs in the show. She was killed by bandits because Illa was going to go after the bandits. Or Illa oh. did go. I need to rewatch that episode. I actually need to rewatch that episode we because... We probably should just rewatch the whole season before probably the... Probably should. Second season. But the show actually, I think, in, in some ways added to this reaction because in the books, the first time and on several rereads, I've been like, okay, the, the way of the leaf doesn't make any sense at all when you're talking about Shadow Spawn. They're twisted creatures made by evil for evil. So the way of the leaf doesn't apply or shouldn't apply because they're evil. But hearing the show's explanation with Illa about yeah. how it's not the way of the leaf isn't not isn't necessarily about don't do harm. It's she goes into this whole thing about how revenge corrupts your soul whether you do something about it or not. Right. And so, like... The show Way of the Leaf is a lot more about letting it go than... Or rather, they explain it. Because I, I wouldn't put it past, you know, the the deep notes for this book series to have that in it. But the show kind of brings it to the front and it's like, let it go, don't keep it. Because it's not about not doing harm. It's about not holding on to that feeling of doing harm. Maybe. Yeah. Like, and it's also because it's cause the I feel show. Because like with that explanation in the show, you could pick up a sword to move it and it's not a problem. It's yeah. about having, or if you like 
pick up a sword so that you can garden with it. It doesn't matter what the thing you're holding is. It matters the intention that you're using with that item. Yeah. And the show has a lot more of a focus on the wheel itself than the books have so far, where rebirth is a commonly understood thing, or at least everybody considers rebirth. And the way of the leaf is about not carrying things that you do in this life forward into future ones. Yes. Which I like. And it it did add a new kind of layer to this scene with Aram picking up the sword that I appreciate. That's something I appreciate the show I do. I do like this storyline with Aram. I just don't. Why is everyone mad at Perrin? Perrin didn't do anything. Yeah. I get why Illa's mad at Perrin. That makes sense. No, yeah, that makes sense. I don't get why the Two Rivers people who don't even understand this way of life. And I honestly don't think Illa's mad at Perrin. No, she is. She says she calls. She says he's become a wolf and blames him for losing his, her only grandchild. Well, she's going to lose that real quick because it's just not the point. Aram's dead to her. But I think she's going to let go of that really quickly. I don't think so. Because then it goes against the whole point of the way of belief. But, you know. I mean, it's one thing to not like somebody for killing your grandchild. It's another thing to want revenge for it. She can dislike... The way of leaf isn't you have to like everything. You can dislike stuff. True. You can be angry. Well, like, I you do get... Want I do get Illa being mad. Yeah. That's fair. But, like, the Two Rivers people... And she straight up shuns him. Yeah. He's calling... He She leaves when he takes up the sword and Perrin tells him to go to Tam. She starts to leave and Aram's calling after her and she does not respond. Which we've seen before in Rand's going through the... Um, yeah. Arches? Columns. 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 We've seen this complete shunment. That's not a word. Shunning? Shunning, yes. <laughs> We've seen... Shunment. Yeah. Shunment. <laughs> We've seen this complete shunning of a person yeah. before. With the original Aiel. Yeah. It, it is interesting because... And this book in general is, has a really interesting kind of like parallel between the Tinkers and the, the Aiel, where the Aiel don't use swords because they can only be used for violence, although now they are very violent. Yes. And the Tinkers won't even touch anything at all. That's a weapon at all. Yeah. Which is interesting. It's interesting to see the ways the of the old Aiel that were kept with the Tinkers and what maybe got lost. Yeah. I know. I do feel bad for Arum. He's... he's having a rough time. Yeah. And it's just, it's it sucks even more, especially, I guess, like, putting myself in Illa's point of view. She was getting healed by Alana, and they're coming down the stairs, and you can hear this conversation of, like, Illa's clearly worried about her grandson. Yeah. And Alana's just like, unfortunately, there's nothing I can do to heal what he's going through. He's just going to need time. Right. And as, like, basically, like, he's struck by so much grief that he doesn't know how to handle because he's young. He's never dealt with this before. Yeah. Like, he's a teenager or, like, a young adult. So he doesn't have the coping skills to deal with this. And as she's coming down the stairs, having this conversation, she sees her grandson holding a sword. It's like, what is happening? Yep, yep. It's rough. Yeah. There is one other thing that happens in the Two Rivers. The White Cloaks show up. Yes. And they want protection, sort of? No, they're coming to arrest Perrin. Yeah, but they're, it's also, it's like they're pretty quick to say, yeah, we'll come inside the walls. 
I think the rest of them are, but... I mean, Bornhold and Bayar are insane. Are one-track-minded. Right. The rest of the White Cloaks have probably been fighting Trollocs for weeks. Yeah. But they're coming to arrest Perrin, because that's what their leaders are telling them to do. Yes. Whether they have, have other motivations for being like, yes, we will continue to go this direction. Right. We've got a couple of things going on here. But they're coming to arrest Perrin, and they think that the whole town is the village of the shadow because they're protecting Perrin and because they don't want any white cloaks there. And Right. And they get they give the news that Terran Ferry was destroyed. Yep. And Luke, who I... I don't trust him. <laughs> Do not trust this man. Because earlier, he comes into town claiming that he killed a fade, and he has, like, a head on a spike, which is just like, sus. <laughs> you are not a warder or well, parent. Sus. Other people can kill. He could be a blade master. Is he? He's, he. You know what he has? Hmm. He has Gilderoy Lockhart vibes. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't think he did this. I think he keeps taking credit for other people's work. Okay. I don't know if it's just because he's described. He kind of, like, in my head looks like Gilderoy Lockhart. He was described as having a very fancy coat, blonde hair, very yep. charming. He killed a fade. He has, he has like... And does it, he killed a fade and looks like nothing happened. He's just, tra-la-la-la-la, I yeah. killed a fade. No, you didn't. Sus. To be fair, most people who kill fades look like nothing happened. Because if you get cut by a fade, you die. But he doesn't even look disheveled. He doesn't even look like he had a fight. He looks like he Fair. just, like, walked along we don't and know how picked long up we... a head of a fade and put it on a spike <laughs> and then kept going. Gilderoy Lockhart. Very fair. And then, so they mentioned something about Terran Ferry getting destroyed and his facade drops. And he's like, was Ordeeth there? Sus. <laughs> okay. Why is that Sus. He knows something. Okay. What do you no think one he else knows? No, no one else knows what that Ordeeth is a dark friend. No. Well... Perrin's the first one who said it. Yeah, I mean, I guess the rest of the Two Rivers does now. But Luke's not a Two Rivers folk. No, but he's been in the Two Rivers. I just don't trust him. He, the Very way, fair. The fact that his facade completely dropped and he looked nervous. Okay. I, I don't... Okay. I just don't... He's hiding something. Very fair to he, think that. He's hiding something. Sure. He also has a, a very kind of creepy line about don't bring your enemies too close because they'll stab you in the chest. Yeah! <laughs> it's like, are you talking about yourself, my dude? Okay, what you talking about there, Luke? <laughs> That's a weird thing to say. Thanks. <laughs> so weird. And I do not trust him. Yeah. We get a couple of other yeah, so things. Yeah, so Terran Ferry was attacked... Now the Trollocs are clearly not set on, or not content with just attacking farms. Now they're attacking whole towns. Right. And that's part of, I guess that's part of why the White Cloaks are there too. It's like to offer their protection. And Yeah. The the people at the gates in the Two River, because they have gates now, I guess. They don't really have gates, they just have palisades. Well, they set up like spiky yeah. traps. And the people at the gates were like, we just fought off Trollocs. We don't need your help. Ha ha. And then Perrin's like, mm, but we actually might. Yeah. They have, so... they have cavalry. <laughs> yeah. And like we did well, but there are more coming. Right. And even if we did the exact same thing every time, we're just going to get tired by the time. Like, 
because they're just going to keep coming. And Bran Alvear's like, you can't come in. And Perrin's like, you can come in if you promise not to arrest me right away. Just wait until all of the Trollocs are dealt with, then you can arrest me. I don't know how he's going to get out of this one, but... Yeah, because he's... Because he has this whole inner thought of, like, I don't want to do anything, but I guess this is one of those times where you have to do something. Yeah. And... It's really interesting, because Perrin basically says, help us deal with the Trollocs, and I'll turn myself over to you. Yeah. And then Bran Elvir is, like, suddenly growing a backbone... Like, yeah. Perrin being there and giving himself up has prompted Bran to be like, no. If you come in, you can't arrest him. You can't... You can't arrest anyone. Right. And without proper evidence, which we're not going to ever believe, so you just can't arrest... He says that exact <laughs> right. thing. He's like, you cannot arrest anyone without proper evidence of why you're arresting them. And no matter what your evidence is, we're not going to believe it, so you just can't arrest anyone. Got it? Cool. Yep. <laughs> and, and they kind of are like, yeah, fine, whatever. Yeah. Which is, like, they give up real easy. They do. Probably, I mean, because they're led by Dane Bornhold, who really only wants Perrin, and he's like, Perrin will give himself up. And I think Luke mentioning Ordeeth kind of shook yeah, Bornhold as well. Bornhold has been suspicious of Ordeeth in the past. And he looks frightened every time Ordeeth is mentioned. Fair. Pat and Fane And is I don't think it's not, I don't think it's even necessarily because Pat and Fane is terrifying i think it's also he's frightened of i think he knows exactly what ordith is doing and he's afraid of someone finding out that he knows mm, okay because then he's gonna yeah. get implicated as being a dark friend right my read on dane is that he's not a dark friend he's just an asshole no that's my read as well i don't think he's a dark friend i think that he does i think that he knows what ordith is up to and is terrified of him, but no one's going to see the Pat and Fane Ordeeth is just terrifying. Right. No wonder you didn't do anything. They're just going to see that you knew what he was doing. You must be a dark friend. Right. He's afraid and, of being seen as one when he's not. Asshole or not, he is a true believer. Yes. And so him being suspected of being a dark friend is awful to him. It's honestly more like that's more his fear than dying or his, yeah. or not getting revenge or anything like yeah he, he's an asshole totally. but i don't necessarily think he's evil yep at least evil in the cosmic sense he's not aligned with the dark one he's not aligned with actual literal evil yeah i think he's evil but just in the way that humans are evil yeah like a serial killer bad and fame <laughs> he's aligned Pat and Fane's not a serial killer, though, in in the human sense. Are you sure about that? <laughs> like that's not that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking like Jeffrey Dahmer is an example of evil, but just pure human evil. I don't think that the devil has corrupted him. I think he's just a human version of evil. Okay. Dane Bornhold is a, just a regular garden variety human evil. Dane Bornhold is Jeffrey Dahmer confirmed. <laughs> he eats people. <laughs> not what I was going for there. I don't, that was just the first serial killer that popped in my head because the Netflix special just came out and yep, I keep yep. seeing ads for it. Yep. He eats people. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Unlike Pat and Fane, who definitely doesn't eat people at all. No. No, sir. Yeah, no. Pat and Fane is a serial killer, but he's also like a devil-corrupted serial killer. Sort of. He's, he's something new. He's, he's like some... He's got three different levels of dark corruption going on. He he's is, not human anymore. He is. So he can't be an example of human evil because he's just not human. What I think he is, is I think he is 
enhanced human evil. He is he is human evil that has been amplified beyond normal means and to a new level such that he is a new thing. He's not human, so he can't be human evil. Well, he is human, though. No, he's not. He is. If you've got Machin and Shin and the Dark One in you, and that's just... No, you're he's not He's not human. totally human. He is... He, he, there is the weirdness with Machin and Shin, but that could be human. We don't really know what Mash and Shin There's is. There's weird misty things going on. None of that's human. Mashadar. That's Mashadar, which is Mordeth, which arose from human evil. But it is no longer human. It is a manifestation of human evil. Fight Eel is human. Patent Fane is not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not saying he is. I'm saying he is a manifest. He is an amplified manifestation of human evil at this point. Except that he's been corrupted by the Dark One. Yeah. You're not going to convince me that he's human. Fair enough. That is all of the Two Rivers stuff. There's yes. quite a bit. A lot happens in, in like one chapter in the Two Rivers. Yeah. A lot of it's just those are like the two big things. It's Arm picking up the sword, which yeah. I mean, it says it right in the chapter. Like The chapter is called The Tinker's Sword. Yeah. When I was turning pages at the end of last section and I was like, oh, I guess we're finding out what that mid-vision means this next section. Yep. It's very literal. It's very literal. Literally just picks up a sword. Yep. Yep. After parents' stuff, we move back to Tenchiko for a bit. Yes. With a short half section with Iginen, who is following Florengelb because she suspects he's going to fuck up and bring her somebody totally irrelevant again. And she's half right. He does fuck up. They are not totally irrelevant because Florengelb is about to try and kidnap Nynaeve and Egwene, who can both channel. Yes, so this, sec- this chapter kind of just flips between Aguinan and Elaine and then back to Aguinan for, like, three paragraphs. Yeah. Because we get this section, she's just following Gelb as he's a- clearly on a kidnapping mission, and she's like, that is not the woman I asked you to kidnap. Jesus, okay, fine. And she's, like, going to go stop him because... Nynaeve is like, undone her braids, and now she's got several braids instead of just one braid. She's following the fashion. Yeah. And it is, I do think it's funny, Elaine comments on how Nynaeve clearly misses her one braid to tug. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, is fair. Like, even if you weren't a person who, like, has the, I'm constantly tugging on my braid. If you've done your hair every, like, the same way every day for, like, ten years as I'm assuming Nynaeve has, and all of a sudden you do your hair differently, that's going to feel weird. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, they're, like, walking around, and Elaine's not liking the Terrabonner fashion, and she's like, this is too revealing. I don't like it. Nynaeve seems fine. I guess whatever is going on with her and Lan makes her okay with revealing clothing now. (laughs) And then someone tries to grab Nynaeve, and then Elaine thinks, oh, they're trying to kidnap me because I... It's a fair assumption. That is the assumption that if they are unrelated to the Black Aja, that is the assumption that probably should be made. If I were a princess and someone was trying to grab me or trying to grab my friend, I'd assume they were trying to kidnap me too. Right. She thinks they're just trying to get Nynaeve out of the way. So Yeah. And she just kind of kicks ass. They're carrying like walking staffs or something and she just cracks a bunch of them over the head. Yep. That's <laughs> the fact that that's her first instinct and not to channel. Well, they're being very conscious. So they say in this section that they're trying not to channel so they don't give themselves away. Yes, but even so, like, and her, fight or, her fight or flight response did not kick in. And that was, like, 
Yeah, she's the got control over herself. She got she has control over herself, but I think even if they weren't trying to channel, that might have been her first instinct anyway. They did channel a little bit. But after she hit a bunch of them with a stick. Yes. I just I'm applauding her even like if someone's trying to kidnap you, even if you're trying not to do a thing, fight or flight is going to kick right. in and you're going to probably end up doing the thing you didn't mean to do anyway. You have to be very disciplined to not. Right. So, and she's not that disciplined. No. Well, she is, but not in some ways. Because she's still young. She's like, still young, is... but she has had a lifetime of training in, in being daughter heir. But that would be like a Moraine level of self-control. And I don't, she no. hasn't been alive long enough to have a Moraine sense of self-control. Anyway, she her, has a Moraine sense of self-control. Her instinct is to crack him over the head with the giant staff, mm. and I appreciate it. Yeah. Although, Aginan does help at the end. She does. Because Aginan's like, God damn it, not again. Yeah. And so she goes and helps, and they're like, oh, thank you. They like, And they're just giving up pretense because they think that they're trying to kidnap a Elaine, mm-hmm. which is fair. So they're like, I'm the daughter heir. Do you want to come for tea? And Aginian's like, what is happening? But she also accepts. And is like, okay, sure. Yeah, that's why that, that yeah, I'm going to go along with it. And they get there and Julian tells them that he found the Black Lodge's empty house mm-hmm. and they scold him for going in. Fair. They're like, how he do you know it was it empty? Like, but how do you know it wasn't booby trapped? You cannot. That's fair. Like, they're like, you cannot sense Right. One power traps. Yep. He can, you dumb little shit. Yep. Which is fair. Yeah. I do believe him that he would know if there are people in there. Right. But he is dealing with the one power. Needs to be a bit more cautious. Yeah. To and be then, fair, Elaine and Nynaeve probably would just go right the fuck in, too. They would at least be able to sense a one power trap, They wouldn't though. be able to sense a ward. Not if the ward's already set. Wouldn't they? No. Oh, it depends on the, the strength of the ward. Because, yeah. Alviarin later says that she didn't notice a ward when she opened Swan's box. Because it was so small. Yeah, it was so small. But, like, a, a house ward is probably enough that you'd notice it. Yeah. So they invite her for tea. And Elaine tells Aginan that, oh, well, you can't channel, but you probably could be taught. And that just, like, rattles Aginan. Yeah. Because Aginan, this whole time, has been trying to figure out what makes, like, why can Soldom be leashed? Yeah, she's trying to figure this thing out. And she didn't know that there are women who who... Don't have the ability in Born, but can learn to channel. And I think that is what we decided the difference between a, a Yeah, in, they, they confirmed that more or less in The Great Hunt. That, who are the ones that are leashed? Damane. Damane are like Elaine and Egwene and Nynaeve. Yeah. And Soldom are ones that can be taught to channel. Yeah. Um, yeah was Egwenean a, a Soldom? No. Okay. Egwenean was a ship captain. Okay. But she's trying to figure this thing out. Yeah, because she's been basically tasked with bringing the rogue Soldom back. Yeah, I don't think she's going to end up doing that. I don't remember if she does or doesn't. I don't know. I'm kind of hoping that she doesn't. I want to like her. That's fair. Because she's kind of got lesbian pirate vibes. She does have lesbian pirate vibes. Although she's not a pirate. But she's a ship captain. Close enough. She is a ship captain. If she's she a ship captain things. and goes rogue by not doing what her instructions were, I think that makes her a pirate. That does give her the missing part of pirate vibes. Anyway. She could be a gentlewoman pirate. She could be a gentlewoman like, pirate. Like Steve Bonnet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they have kind of, uh, they just have a chat. Yep. And then she's like, I'm going to go now because yep. Tom comes in. Well, and. And so neither... Tom comes in with some news and then she's like, I'm going to go now. Yeah. The interesting thing is that Aginan 
isn't speaking very much because she has a Sean Chan accent. And but neither Elaine or Nynaeve pick up on the Sean Chan accent. I guess they weren't around the Sean Chan enough to know it very if well. If Egwene was there, she would have one recognized her and she probably wouldn't have recognized Aginan. Really? No, because she didn't interact with Aginan. Vale Belmont did. Oh yeah. But not And she Elaine also I think she's trying to avoid Vale Domon. I feel like I remember yeah. that in her. She's like, I know he's near and I do not want him to recognize me. Right. But yeah, if Egwene was there she would have absolutely recognized the accent. Yeah. Because she's got that seared into her brain forever. I mean, fair. Yeah. She went through some awful shit. Yep. And so she leaves after Tom gives some news. The Children of the Light are shadow- or surrounding the Panarch's palace. Yep. And Amathera is going to be invested as the Panarch, despite the Assembly not wanting her. And Elaine is kind of like, why do I care about any of this news? And Tom's just trying to drill into her that, like, sometimes these things are helpful to know. Right. If you're going to be in charge of things, which is, Elena at least does have a moment of, okay, I can like see why my mother was interested in you and like what help you were to my mother. Yeah. If this is the information you were bringing to her. And like, if I look at you kind of like in a certain light, I guess she could find you attractive if you were like 10 years younger. Right. <laughs> Maybe if he didn't have crazy mustaches. I mean, some people like mustaches. I don't know. I feel like Tom's are too much. He's constantly blowing them out, whatever the fuck that means. Yeah, I have no idea. I just, I don't, what? That's a description that sometimes I don't, there are certain descriptions of what people do in books, and unless I've gotten, like, an actual visual of what it means, I have no idea what it means. I have no idea what it means a lot, because I never have a visual of what it means. But, like, if, you know, like, smirk, like, what does a smirk look like, or, like... My default smile. Yes. That is, like... But people are like, what is smirk? What is a smirk? You just got to show them a picture. And they're like, oh, now I know for the rest of the time I read books, that's yeah. what that means. Yeah. I have no idea what the mustache thing means. No clue at all. I do wonder what Elaine's thought process is going to be about her mother's attraction to Tom in relation to the show because hot Tom. Hot Tom. That's true. <laughs> Very true. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Show Tom's hot. Tom is also giving her this information because he's trying to point out that, like, somebody... This is weird. It's weird. Yeah, something's going on here. Somebody's pulling strings to make this happen. The Black Aja operate in the sea, in the shadows. It could be that. Kind of like Julian and his trying to get at information indirectly so as not to arouse suspicion. Tom's trying to figure out what is happening out of the ordinary. Who's pulling the strings? Yeah. I get it. We end the section, though, with one of the a very unsettling event. I think it's a Forsaken. Yeah. So this woman shows up and instantly. They like, both are like falling over themselves to please her. Right. And at, for a second, I thought it was, what's her face? The other female Forsaken that we've encountered. Lanfear? Lanfear. Yeah. But because the way Elaine was reacting to this woman, I was like, oh, it's just the most beautiful woman you've ever seen. But that was, that phrase wasn't used. And it was more like worship. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, this is not Lanfear. Yeah. This is someone else. And they just like spill all their secrets. And then at some point when they're talking about Rand and the Forsaken, just the way this dark-eyed glowing woman which was a descriptor used. Yeah. The way this dark-eyed glowing woman was talking about the Forsaken, it was as if she knew them. 
Yeah. Because she says something about, like, oh, that sounds like a Shamael, like, yeah. power-hungry. Thinks he's the dark one thinks sometimes. Thinks he's the dark one sometimes, whatever. It's like, okay, so you're forsaken. Yeah. And she... Makes them instantly forget. Yep, she makes them instantly forget and is quite proficient with compulsion, yep. it seems. It's interesting, though, because you, like, reading it through Elaine's point of view, they only ask the questions or they only answer the questions asked. Right. And so when the woman tells them to, like, put out their purse, do you have any Turangriol on you? Like, do you have any Turangriol on your purse? Do you have any in your room? And Elaine's like, I have one on a necklace. It's right here. But I didn't, I wasn't asked that, so I'm not going to say anything. Right. So it's like, that was weird, but. Yeah, it's it's odd. I think because this woman is messing with how they're reacting to things. It's not making them think. She's not letting them think for themselves, basically. Yeah. Their only thoughts are doing what this woman asks and nothing else. And basically being this woman's, like, servants. Like, puppet. Right. And so they're literally only... And they're, like, jumping over each other to answer questions. So much so that she has to be, like, talk one at a time. Yeah. Uh, which is in- very interesting. Yeah, they um, both, they want to be the one to make her happy. Yeah, it's interesting. I've the um, She says something about compulsion being limited, or else she'd put that, uh, Egwene and Nynaeve, Elaine and Nynaeve, not Egwene and Nynaeve, off their search. I That's interesting. I didn't, it's not a line I'd picked up on in the past. Uh, I can't say much more about it without spoiling stuff, but it's it's interesting. Okay. You don't know enough about the Forsaken Adventure, I guess, as to who it is, other than not Lanfear. Yeah, I remember at one point we talked about the ratio of male to female Forsaken. Yeah. But I, you you said a bunch of names, and I obviously yeah. immediately forgot them, unless I had already met them. There so. are a couple of women Forsaken who we have not met. Because we were talking about it, I was wondering what the ratio was. And now it's about 50-50 with the amount of male Forsaken that are dead, right? Yes. Might be more than 50-50 because four of the male Forsaken have died. Agonor and Balthamel in book one, and then Bilal and Ishamael in book three. Yeah. And the the remaining female There's Forsaken... There 13, right? There are 13. So the female Forsaken are Lanfear, Masana, Mogedian, Semarag, Grendel. So yeah, there's more women. Yeah. The remaining male Forsaken are Demandrid, Ravin, Samael. Who's in it. control of some town somewhere? Samael's right? in control of Ilion. Okay. And yeah, I don't really... Ravin is in Andor. We knew that. Yeah, I feel like I knew that. And I feel like I think it's... What's his face? What's his face? Gabriel? Yeah. Okay. We'll find out if he is or is not Ravin. Or maybe we won't. Spoilers. Please tell me we find out, because <laughs> that'd be a huge plot hole. Oh, my God. Yeah, Borghese is... If, I feel like it's not a spoiler to say a question will be answered. That's true. It, we, we will find out if Gabriel is or is not Robin. Or a dark friend. Or I a also dark friend. Think... He could just be a dark friend. But yes, I need to... <laughs> I feel like it's a spoiler if you tell me... Or like, it's not a spoiler to say it will be answered. Yeah. No, that question will be answered. Okay. Because, again, this is basic storytelling. If you ask a question, it should be answered. True. Most questions in the Wheel of Time get answered. Eventually. (laughs) Some take a long, long, long time. Doesn't matter if it takes a long time. 
if I get to the end of book 14 and there are some big questions that have not been answered, then it is not a good series. There are, I think, a couple of questions that get that don't get answered, but they're not huge ones, and it's more like loose ends than holes. That's fair. But, like, if, if there's, like, a big plot point that gets posed in, like, book seven and does not ever get answered, then it's just the whole series is bad. I cannot confirm or deny that because I don't remember individual bits of the slog very well. Just talking in general, like not this series specifically, but like say there's like a five book series and some question gets posed in book one and never gets answered, then it's the entire series is bad because you failed at, you failed at story level, you failed at storytelling 101. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway, I think that that's all of the stuff in Tenchiko. There's a little bit of again at the end where she's like, oh, yeah, that, that guy's spying on me. And then that's really all. And I feel like, and it flips into a weird, like, there's not a there's not a line break. And then that last paragraph is clearly the man who's following her is POV. Yeah. Which was weird. That was an editing mistake. I don't know. Because it just felt weird. But it's like... Ah, uh, if she she should be looking at me closer because then she'd realize I have more money than I look, which makes me wonder like who is following her? Who is knows? it Tom? But no, like I don't think it's Tom. Yeah, it was just weird. Or maybe it is Tom, I don't know. Anyway, let's talk about the Swan stuff. Yes, this section flips back and forth between Swan and Min. A lot. I think we can just talk about the events rather than in the POV that it's in. Agreed. Swan gets deposed. Yep, she's sitting in her office, going over news and stuff, and then a bunch of people storm into her office, and she realizes that she's shielded, and they tell her that she's no longer in the Amberlin. Yep. As they march her out of her office, presumably to get tortured, to get the questions out of her, get answers out of her, she sees that her warder is dead. I find that interesting. How did she not feel him die? Yeah, I'm wondering if that happened after she got shielded. That that would answer it. I would but that, just... the bond still exists. Yeah. I mean, but I guess if you're shielded from the one power, depending on how strongly you are shielded, you cannot feel your bond anymore. Because Maybe. if, I mean, we watched the New York Comic Con panel and we, we heard Daniel Honey talking about what's going on with Moraine, and he says both of them cannot feel their bond anymore because she's been shielded from the one power. So she would not feel him die. Maybe. it's That's pulling in some extra information I don't think that that's how it works in the books. I'm I'm not... This might be a hole. We were just talking about holes. This might be one. I I don't know how Swan didn't feel Alaric die. The only explanation I have is that they didn't is that he wasn't dead yet, and that they did it after she was shielded. If they did it after she was shielded, that is a good understand enough answer it. for me. But that is just a question that I had. Yeah. No, it's a good question. It could have also been shock. She said that she couldn't feel, or she didn't pick up somebody channeling to shield Lyanna, because there's always channeling. And if it happened after the... He must, he, he, he must not have been fully dead yet. I think this is a hole. I think this is a hole. Because even shielded, she should feel her warder die. Unless that's not how it works. I think it is how it works. So I'm the show would confident. be changing it? The show would be changing it. Which is unless okay. unless the fact that Maureen was shielded by a Forsaken is why she can't feel Lance Bond. Yes, but also no. There's, a, there's another reason. In the books, there's another reason why that wouldn't work. We get to it 
Okay. Way, way I was just thinking that, like, a Force Taken clearly is way stronger with the power than Moraine is. So, like, maybe it's just the level of the strength of whoever shielded you would change how much you're able to even just feel that the one power is there, whether or not being able to access it. Yeah, but once a bond is created, it no longer relies on the one power. I also wouldn't be surprised if there was some sort of level of, like, maybe the Aes Sedai can still feel their bond when they're shielded, but the warder can't because he doesn't know how to channel. So, like... Could be. Wouldn't be surprised. But, yeah, I don't... I was wondering why. One, I was like, Swan has a warder? And two... Yep. (laughs) How does she not feel him die? Yeah. No, I think that is legitimately just a hole. I'll have to look it up. No, I'm curious. Okay. Anyway, her warder's dead. Lyanna is stilled. Yep. Swan gets stilled. They torture her for information on Rand. And what, what is amusing here is Elida takes a giant... She, like, gets to sort of the right conclusion, but not really, with completely wrong information everywhere. The only thing that she has right is that Elmindrida is Min. Everything else is, like, she's I just missed taking, like, that crazy other than, leaps of faith. I missed that as being the reason she knew that something was going on with Swan. That's why she started thinking about it. But she has all these other assumptions, like him, con- like her controlling the dragon or all of these, like, other plans. She's, she's, she's right, but also wrong. Yeah. Like, she, she has all, she gets to all, basically, the right information, but comes up with the wrong conclusion. Right. Because, like, yes, Swan is trying to control the dragon. Yes, Swan is has a bunch of secrets that she's operating under that the rest of the tower doesn't know about. She has all of these bits at how she got to, like, those semi... Like, she gets has a bunch of half conclusions. Yeah. Those are, like, half conclusions that lead to one big conclusion. And the information she had to get to those half conclusions was wrong, but the half conclusion is right, but her big conclusion is yeah. wrong. Elida is not very bright. <laughs> Elida her... is, like, coasting on her ability to... On one, I think her, like, sort of leadership of the Reds. Yeah. And two, her ability to foretell. In in putting it in, like, paper sense, her research is all wrong. Her paragraph points are correct, but her thesis is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So. (laughs) Yeah. Which is that Swan's a dark friend. Yep. They didn't say that out loud because then they'd be basically saying Black Aja, but. Right. The other thing. They basically named her and. Liana's dark friends. More or less. This deposition. Deposition? And, and Liana's like horrified by that. And Swan's like, yeah, that sounds about right. Right. But this event causes the tower to break, basically. All of the Blue Aja have left. Most of the green has left. About half of everything except for the reds have left. The blue sisters are either gone or dead. Right. That's important. And same with the green. Either And I think, based on at least what information Min had it sounds like most of them are dead rather than left i think no there she's like i don't think there are that many blue aja left at all i think a lot of them started to die and then the rest ran away to regroup later yeah Uh and same with the green and there were warders fighting each other because the blue and the green we get later from gawain the blue and the green tried to go let break swan and leon out before they got stilled right um and but it, it would have, it looked like it was going to be successful, except Gawain led the students to fight I them. understand where Gawain's coming from. I thought about this a little uh, bit longer. Yeah. He, not just because, like, it, it does kind of look bad that Swan 
might be a dark... Like, from an outside perspective, I do kind of get why Elida thinks that Swan is a dark friend. Yep. She's pulling puppets all over the place. But also, not... Like, taking that aside, that objectively it looks like Swan's a dark friend, he grew up with Elida. Yeah. It makes sense that he'd trust her. Yeah. Because she grew up... Like, he grew up with Elida being his mother's advisor. That's true. So... Yeah, I'd listen to her too. Yep. We learn a couple things about that. Gawain ultimately helps them escape because he doesn't want Swan to die. Yeah, he's like, I don't trust that, like, I need information from you about where my sister and Egwene are. Yeah. So I'm going to let you live. Yep. It is also interesting to note now Swan can lie. And that is honestly more terrifying than her having the one power. Yeah. (laughs) Like, the only thing that was really holding her back was her inability to lie. Before and, and now, like, she doesn't have the one power, so she can't wield the same amount of power, but she's still... She's a force to be reckoned she's with. She's a mastermind. She's still incredibly intelligent, really good at having an... Inf- like, she ha- she's the head of, an in- of a huge information network. She has so much control over herself, too, because she does start to flinch every time she says, still, and then she's like, no, I need to stop doing that. I have been stops. stilled. I've been stilled. And then she's like, okay, I'm good now. Yep. Let's go on. <laughs> and Liana's just like, how are you okay? And Swan's like, you've got to find something that powers you. You have to find something you want as much as you wanted the one power. And I want to see Elida on her ass. <laughs> like, all right, all right Swan. Vengeance. And Swan's like, if that is you going to find some man and having a bunch of children, do that. But I am going to kick that woman's ass. All right. All right, Swan, I hope that she does kick Elida's ass. And then what fuels her is spending time with her lesbian lover, Maureen. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I think that revenge and lesbian sex should be the things that power (laughs) Swan for eternity. Yep. I'm good with that. Yep. Yeah. I want that for her. If she can't have the one power, at least she can have Maureen. Yeah. And also revenge. And also revenge, but, like... The other thing we learn about Gawain, because Gawain is ultimately inconsequential, sort of. I mean, he's very influential, but... He does give them... He killed two of the best swordsmen in the tower. He did. I don't... I just feel so conflicted about Gawain right now, because he's got, like... He's got, uh... I sort of understand, like He's got, like, the protective vibe, and it's kind of hot. Yeah? Like, he's got... You were saying you understand where he came from, and I kind of get that, but I, I kind of get that up until the point that you learn that he killed his teachers. He's got morally gray villain vibes right now, and Which I'm kind of into weird. it, honestly. It's real weird. <laughs> and I don't normally really get the actual morally gray, because p- people call morally gray villains morally gray, when it's like, no, they're just a villain. Like, the Darkling and Shadow and Bone, he's not morally gray, he's just bad. Sure. Lee Bardugo wrote him as an like as a example of what toxic relationships look like. Sure. He's not morally gray. In this instance, Colin's kind of the morally gray. Like he's doing bad things, but he's really kind of doing it to uh, like to find his sister and Egwene. Yeah. If it was just to find his sister, it would be a little bit less hot, but he's trying to also find Egwene cuz yes. he has a big old crush on her. So Yes, he does. Yes. I'm conflicted. Yeah. Yeah. About Gawain. I still think I'm just operating on the Gawain dinghy out here. <laughs> Gawain dinghy, yeah. Not a full ship. Just a, just a little dinghy. Just a little dinghy. 
A couple of other things happen. Laris helps them break out. Yep. Because she likes men. <laughs> I did not know that she wasn't an Aes Sedai. Laris? Yeah. No, she's never been. I thought that... She's just mistress of the kitchens. <laughs> Which I did love the little bit at the beginning of Swan's chapter before um, she gets deposed. That she's like, I gave her that title and now she's being lazy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But yeah, she helps out Min because she likes Elmendrida. She remind like, Min reminds her of herself when she was young. And then she says something about like almost getting hanged. hanged and Min's like, what were you like when you were a kid? That's a book I'd read. <laughs> Laris, Mistress of the Kitchens. Doing crime, I guess. I mean, and she also does be in the tower, or she is in the tower, so maybe she's be gay, do crimes. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? I think that's the whole vibe of the eyes that I be gay, do crimes. crimes. Except they, they kind of define what crimes are and aren't sometimes. Moraine's whole vibe is definitely be, be gay, gay, do, do crimes. crimes. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. Swan, <laughs> pivoting back to Swan and Leanna, they look a lot younger. Yes, stilling. about like 15. Stilling is apparently very good for your skin. Uh, yeah, they look about 15 years younger because no one recognizes them. Yep. And, and they don't have the agelessness anymore. Yeah, and so Swan's like, I guess this is a cool disguise. Yep. And she just keeps finding reasons for maybe being stilled as a good thing for the overall cause. And Liana's just like, what? Swan is definitely, there's an element to it where she's just coping. The, an element of it is just coping, but I think... and. Uh, just as a coping mechanism, I do get it. But also, she is listing off a bunch of things that, like, in terms of her trying to fulfill her and Moraine's ultimate goal, her being stilled does put her in a better position. A little bit. Because she can lie now. Yep. She has a disguise because she does look 15 years younger. Like, she's got some things working for her that her and Moraine can work together a little bit differently now and a little bit stronger. They're definitely because not a total loss. I think... It's still a pretty big loss. She's not in it, charge of the tower anymore. It is still a the pretty big loss. The tower is broken. But I do think her being able to lie is going to be a really big help. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Swan also knows when to lie and when not to lie. Yeah. Because she does... Here's a question for you. Not a question. Never mind. It was going to be a spoiler question. It is not. I'm not going to ask it. Moving, okay. moving on, they run into Loghain they do. on the way out. And she's like, you can join us. Because she's do like, wait, revenge? let's look at what Gawain's note says. And it basically, his note to let them leave just says, whoever holds this note can leave. Yeah. And so she's like, this works in our favor. Let's go see what we can do. Yeah. It's kind of like her pass to the girls. Yeah. Which will be interesting now. Because she did design it as the Amerlin. Yes. She didn't say swan. Nope. It's just the Amerlin. So I guess Elida's going to be telling the girls that they can go do things. Yep. Swan's smart. Swan is very, very smart. Anyway, after the after they run into Logan and they leave, they're not really sure where they're going. They're going to try and find the Blues and all the other Aes who left. So that they can all kind of... They, they assume that they're all just kind of hiding out around the tower. Yeah. Because they have they weren't allowed to leave. Yeah. Or, like, because they're like, okay, this let us get out of the actual tower, but they're probably in the surrounding area because yeah. they can't get out of the city. So let's go try to find them because as many of them as we have. They're, they're headed out of the city. 
or headed out of the city when yeah, you do that? The, the city being closed, most of them left during the fighting before the city was closed. Okay. So but. Swan and Leanna and Logan and Min are all headed out of the city. And yeah, she does kind of give Logan like a, I know the, yes, Logan is just so sad. He's just like. Logan's having a hard time. He's like, I just ran away because I really just want y'all to let me die. Like, yeah. just let me, just let me go. I just want to go some someplace quiet and die. Yeah. And she's like, instead, do you want revenge? Yep. <laughs> and she's just, she's terrifying and it's she, great. She's a mastermind. And then we get to the Rand stuff, which we already talked about, in yep. which nothing happens. Nothing happens. It's the worst. You know what did happen? We got some visions confirmed, a.k.a. it's recurring segment time. Yes. Min's visions slash general prophecies. So we got a vision confirmed? Got two visions confirmed. Two? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the stuff with uh, Gawain's, Gawain's face, face looked like it did in her vision. Yeah. Because it was covered in blood. And I guess just all the stuff with the tower. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we got the tinker with the sword, Gawain, and the whole tower. Yep. We got a couple new visions. Yes. We get, I don't know if this one necessarily was new, but Loghain having a center of, like, glory around him. He's had that before. I just hadn't written it down. Yeah. So I will be adding that to the yeah. key at the beginning of my notebook. And then we get... The other moment that had me go, what the fuck is happening? Gawain has a new vision. Mm-hmm. Him kneeling at Egwene's feet and him snapping her neck. Yup. Both of them keep just like flipping back and forth. And she's like, I don't know which one. And it's almost like the future doesn't even know which one is going to happen. Could be either. Could be either. Could be both. Could be both. She has no idea, and this is the first time this has happened. Yeah. She's like, it's not uncommon for me to not know what a vision means, but the fact that it's flipping back and forth between these two things, it makes me think that the vision doesn't even know what's going to happen. Yeah. Which is like, whoa. The other thing we get is kind of a negative aura, which is Swan and Leanna don't have them anymore. And that's what lets her in that like, oh, they really were still, that wasn't just a lie. Yeah. Which is interesting because I feel like they're still very influential people. I guess it just means that the pattern has less... That it cares about with them. I think it doesn't necessarily even mean... Because, like, when she looks at some people, they don't always have an aura. Yeah. They just get one, and then that's it for that vision. It strikes me that they always have one. And so that was her first clue that, oh, they're not eyes to die anymore because they they have a quiet aura right now. Yeah. It doesn't... I don't think that means that they're never going to have an aura. I think they are influential and powerful people in terms of the scope of the wheel and Mm -hmm. what's going to happen with the last battle. So I don't think this is the last time that at least Swan's going to have some sort of aura around her. But I think she's going to have to do some things to get an aura. Okay. Okay. And I think that especially because if, like, if a person had all the auras around them that they were ever going to have, Min would have already seen Gawain kneeling at Egwene's feet and snapping her neck at the same time as she saw the blood. But she didn't because she thinks that maybe something that she did set off those two things for him. That's true. Here's another question. Do visions that Min had seen around Swan and Lyanna still apply if they are no longer there? I think so. Because she's seen them. She's Okay. Because it's not like every time she looked at Gawain after seeing the blood on his face, she always saw blood on his face. Okay. I think it's a... 
like, I think it's like a Snapchat. Like, you see it and then it disappears. Okay, cool. Sure. I I don't know the answer that. To that was a reference I just made. Yeah, you referenced Snapchat. I don't know the last time I was on Snapchat. I don't know. Apparently, it's still kicking. It's not surprising. Don't care about it. I don't want six-second pictures of stuff. No, I don't really care enough. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it's... I think her visions are like Snapchats. <laughs> okay. <laughs> For most people, except an Aes Sedai. And even with the Aes Sedai, I think it's just, like, maybe she sees the same vision around that person until there's a new one, and then it kind of gets replaced. Okay. Cool. More like an Instagram story. They're up for 24 hours. <laughs> Men's visions are just social media. Yes. <laughs> okay. Cool. Ship updates. Any? Nah. Yeah. I, basically, I think parent needs to get laid. Yeah. I think that Min's going to... And I think once they do have sex, that's going to be a whole new tactic that Fahil's going to be able to have <laughs> yeah. in her arsenal. Yes. And honestly, I'm for it for both of them. Yeah. Cool. Favorite moment? What's your favorite moment? Mine is the entirety of the two rivers saying, go fuck off, white cloaks. And yeah. then Bran, like, standing up for Perrin. Yeah, that was, that was good. good. I liked it. My favorite moment also happens in the two rivers. It is after Perrin uh, is done being a project manager for the two rivers. Yeah. And he goes into the inn. Fayil comes in and she's, like, covered in flour. And she still has, like, an apron on because she was baking. And she's like, I kind of like it. It was fun. I don't know that I'm going to do it again. And, like, when am I going to get the chance? And Perrin's like, well, if you don't bake, then how are we supposed to eat when all of this calms down? <laughs> like, we can't just... And I'm kind of like, at first I was like, what are you saying, Perrin? And then he's like, we can't just subside on all the stuff I catch and kill. And I'm like, okay, so you're like, you're not expecting her to just cook for you. Right. It's just, that's what she's contributing to the you eating thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're going to kill stuff she bakes. That's, that's equal. I get it. <laughs> I wasn't going to go all feminist on Perrin. And she's like, one gets like this, like, aw, look on her, look on her face. Like, you're thinking about things in the future. But also, our cook? And he's like, oh, yes. Are who now? Are oh, who? right. You're the daughter of a lord. Why didn't I think of that? Perrin having a cook is not something he's prepared for. No. And I can just hear him going, yeah, why didn't I think of that? Yeah, cook. That's yeah. that's normal. Yep. Yeah. Very much. This was a middle section. Oh, I just, the, I have another minor second favorite moment yeah. about um, talking about Lord Perrin again. She's like, I mean, when's the last time that the Two Rivers was part of Andor? If you bring it back to Andor, the Queen might actually make you a lord. Yeah. <laughs> Fahil is all about putting Perrin in a position that her mother approves of him. Yes, she really is. What is her mother like? And I don't think it's... It doesn't come across as, like, a her trying to change him. Uh-huh. It comes across as, like, you're already doing the things. You might as well have the title. That's true. She's got a point. Like, it's not a, I'm changing you so that you fit my life. It's a, I want you to have the things that you're clearly already going after. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. All right. This was chapters 45 through 48, The Shadow Rising. I think things are kicking off again. We're towards the end of the book. Yep. We have two more sections to Mm -hmm. go through, and the next section will be chapters 49 through 53. Bye. Bye.